Hello, everyone, and welcome to NCEA Podcast. This is Kevin Baxter, the Chief Innovation Officer for NCEA, and welcome to this final edition of our podcast for 2020. Um, and all the jokes are true. We're, we're glad to have 2020 in our rearview mirror in a, in a few weeks. But um, it's been great being with us. It's our inaugural year of the podcast, and we thank you so much for your listenership throughout the year. This episode is sponsored by Sadlier. For over 200 years, Sadlier has been providing meaningful catechetical formation resources for Catholic educators. Check out their annual Advent calendar for children and families to celebrate each day of the Advent season with fun and simple suggestions. Download your free calendar today at sadlier.com forward slash Advent NCEA. That's sadlier.com forward slash A-D-V-E-N-T-N-C-E-A. Uh, we are very, very blessed to have Bob Siemens with us, uh, who's at Franciscan University, uh, to talk about uh, spiritual direction and discernment. Um, and so, Bob, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Kevin. Um, and so, Bob, we're going to start off, uh, I talked a little bit about discernment and spiritual direction. We I always feel like this is a great time of year to do it. The holidays sometimes gives us some time to pause. Um, and also gives us um, some personal reflection time to prayerfully think about um, our life and, and kind of what we're doing professionally, what we're doing, what we're doing personally. And so I think this time of year is a great um, time of year for people to hear some some conversation um, on that. So first, just give us a little bit of background of uh, yourself, your professional background and uh, and how you found uh, yourself in your current role at Franciscan, which I knew is a, is a relatively new uh, new program. Yeah, wonderful. Um, so uh, I'm a graduate of the university and then I've kind of lived all over as a, a vagabond for, for our Lord. And um, I've been back here at the university for about seven years and was the director of um, the Office of Evangelization here. And before I came back, I was in Denver, Colorado and was closely associated with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary at the Lanteri Center in Denver. And it was there that I uh, experienced uh, St. Ignatius's exercises and then um, also received spiritual direction and then went through their program to be trained as a spiritual director. Um, <clears throat> I had no clue what the Lord was uh, had in store for me with that. And uh, about three years ago now, um, folks here at the university decided that we needed to seriously begin to talk about uh, a center um, where we could train people to do spiritual direction, uh, in particular because of such a rise um, that we have been seeing, I think our, our world has been seeing, um, that people want to be walked with, they want to be accompanied uh, with. And um, it's just beautiful. The university has opened their doors for us to be able to train people to be spiritual directors. So I'm, I'm the director of um, the program here. And what we do is we have uh, two different formats of um, a program that trains people to be spiritual directors. It's a it's a three it's a three year process. Um, and uh, this past summer, we did our first summer intensive where we had people from all over the nation come in, uh, even in the midst of a pandemic. And they stayed with us for two weeks and learned uh, the beginnings of the art of spiritual direction. 
So in a nutshell, that's a, that's a little bit uh, right there about um, what I've been doing here at the university and, uh, and a little bit about our program. That's wonderful. And I, you know, I, I think about that work is so important. And I imagine we've, got, you know, our audience is Catholic educators, uh, Catholic school educators, largely, um, and principals and teachers. And I imagine they would be um, incredibly intrigued uh, about spiritual direction um, and in terms of how that could benefit them in their in their work and in their personal life. So what are the what are the key aspects of of that program that that you would highlight in terms of if I'm a if I'm a principal, um, a lay principal uh, or a lay teacher, and I'd like to go uh, explore this a little bit more, what would the program look like from that perspective? Yeah. Um, so I believe it's an Evangelium Nutziande where it says, you know, if, um, if, if, if we are to be teachers, we have to first be witnesses. And then it's only then, um, when we are witnesses that we can actually truly be teachers. And one of my favorite quotes by, um, Pope John Paul II is he talks about how our world is in desperate need of experts of a human heart those who can uh, journey with, walk with the pains, the sufferings, and the joys of others. But first, they need to be contemplatives of our Lord, who have fallen deeply in love with the Lord, because then they're witnesses first, right? So <clears throat> our program here really stresses in particular um, self-awareness. Um, self-awareness before God. Who am I? Where am I going? Where is God leading me? How is God calling me? <clears throat> and it's in that place right there where self-awareness is just truly born and experienced. And then from there, they're able to go out and give what they have received. They've experienced uh, a knowledge of self and a knowledge of the Lord. They know their identity first and foremost as a loved sinner. Not just loved, not just a sinner, but as a loved sinner. And uh, so that's another, uh, I would say, emphasis of our program is to accompany people to help them to experience that sense of being a loved sinner. Again, not a stress on the sins, not a stress just on the love, but on the both and, which is extremely Ignatian in, in, its, uh, in its form. You know, as you talk about love, I, I, I'm, I'm reminded of Father Pedro Arupe's prayer, uh, Fall in Love, which is uh, obviously very powerful um, and from a discernment perspective, but it, it's what rings in my head as I hear you talk. And I don't know if that's something that you've used, but... We have. Yeah. We actually have a poster of it that we put up yeah. during, our, uh, during our training. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. You know, one other thing that I'd like to share with you, Kevin, is um, at this time of the year, you know, we think a lot of Mary and Joseph and the traveling um, that they experience, the the loneliness, um, uh, the in in some ways rejection. You know, they they couldn't even find a place to have the baby Jesus. And um, again, I think our world, even though we have uh, what means, you know, I think you're out there in the Pacific, um, right? And uh, here I am in Steubenville, Ohio. And look, we have this means of instant connection right here, um, but yet. Our world um, is really striving to be known and to be loved, um, I think more so than ever before. And so this journey, this accompanying, and um, 
what a great gift that is. So here we have Joseph and Mary during this time of Advent, right? Journeying, Mary on a donkey, trying to find a place <clears throat> to have our Lord. And I'll never forget um, just kind of a revelation that when Mary said yes to our Lord, her life was completely and totally interrupted. It was shaken upside down. Um, she had Joseph who wanted to divorce her. I can't imagine what it would have been like to be a, a woman at that point in time and be pregnant and not be married yet. And her life was interrupted because she said yes to Jesus, yes to God. And a lot of times we don't know how to make sense out of those things. And I, again, I think that's the beauty of discernment as well as the beauty of spiritual direction is that we journey with somebody and we try to help them maybe make sense out of the things that don't make sense. Um, but more so we're like a companion with them. We sit there, especially again, even in this time of, of uh, Advent, which is waiting, longing. We talk about darkness, about a light coming in there. Can we sit in the tension of somebody else's darkness, no matter how long it takes, um, so that the light of Christ can shine in there? Um, so I, I think that's beautiful. And for teachers, man, they're on the front lines, um, front lines of, of, of young men and women who are just str struggling to make sense out of life. Teachers, in my opinion, um, are such an instrument of, of great life. You may not be a, a, a spiritual director, but you still have that, that opportunity. And the way you handle uh, somebody's heart will shape them for the rest of their lives. So that's part of the reason why I was so excited to be able to, to do this podcast with you today as well. Yeah, that's great. That's beautiful. So when we did our, our, our discernment process, we, again, we based it on Ignatian principles. And, um, and so we'd ask these questions. And, and the first question was about joy uh, and really thinking about what brings you joy in your life and, and really defining joy um, as the essence of being able to delight in your dissatisfaction with, with things you can't leave alone, right? So things that kind of motivate you to get you up in the morning and to and again, thinking about this, um, not just in our professional context, which obviously is very, very important, but also a personal complex. So, so how do you think about that joy and really uh, allowing people to kind of prayerfully kind of engage with that as far as a motivator for their work? Yeah, again, that's a beautiful insight right there, um, especially during this time um, in our world um, with, uh, with all kinds of craziness going on from, from racism to politics, to, uh, church scandal, uh, to just the loneliness of, of a pandemic. And how do we find joy in there? Where is God in the midst of all that? And, um, I think so many of us want to say, why, you know, why, why a pandemic, you know, uh, why all this political tension? Why all of this racism? Why? Why? And I think you hit on something that's very key. To find joy in our lives, many times the why is not answered. But the where is God is answered. But he's in the midst of it all with us. And it's in that place right there where, where we can find true joy. Our Lord has not abandoned us. He is right there with us. And that can bring us great joy and great consolation during the, during the craziest of times in our lives. And to be mindful of that, 
Um, I think it's a good question. Now here we're coming up to the end of uh, our calendar year and a lot of times people do New Year's resolutions. Um, I think it's really beautiful for us to say, you know, maybe to look back over 2020 and how was my, my joy affected this year? How was my relationship with the Lord affected this year? Um, did I grow spiritually? Did I become stagnant? Um, did I lack hope uh, in, in, in any way? So I think joy is essential to the Christian. Uh, a Christian cannot live with this, without a sense of joy in their hearts. Um, because of who Christ is and what he has done and what he will continue to do for us. Yeah, that's beautiful. When, um, so I'm curious too, because we'll continue with these discernment. There are two more discernment questions, but I'm thinking about it too in light of spiritual direction. And um, when you're providing the course, obviously you're training people to be spiritual directors, but when spiritual directors meet with um, um, people they're counseling, is there a professional component to that? I mean, are they encouraged to to seek that, or is it really more of the inner uh, spiritual self that they're trying to form and and nurture and grow? Yeah, I would say it's a both and. Um, you know, uh, a spiritual director should be one who is able to um, one see, uh, be genuine with their directee, have a real beautiful, unconditional, positive. Uh, uh, regard or, or love for them um, and also be able to be empathetic um, exactly as our Lord was at the death of Lazarus with uh, Mary and Martha um, so I think that there you know there's there is a real personal element and I think that is is first and foremost because nobody is alike and when we sit in front of one directee and sit in front of another one uh, we should still uh, be consumed with a sense of awe and wonder at the different individuals because we're all beloved sons and daughters of God, unique. Nobody is, uh, is repeatable. Um, and then there's also elements on it, maybe uh, I think this is what you're getting at there with the professional level of, you know, helping people to, to know how to pray helping people to know how to discern, helping people to, to be able to um, walk through uh, the journey of their life and, and, and be able to say, is this consolation, is this desolation? So a little bit of a teaching element there, but really it's, it's, a, it's just um, allowing an individual to express their heart. Um, one of my favorite phrases to directees is, you know, tell me about your heart. And so I can't begin to tell you how many times people are so caught off guard by that. Nobody, nobody's ever asked me how my heart is. And then there's a real connection where the Holy Spirit can just come in. And the other thing that I just like to say too is, you know, a spiritual director is, is never meant to be um, the be all and end all. The only real spiritual director is the Holy Spirit. A spiritual director, in, in my opinion, is like a hand uh, that is pointing uh, towards the Lord, uh, you know, a hand finger pointing towards the Lord um, for the directee. Sometimes the directee will look at the hand more than where it's pointing, um, but as a spiritual director, we, we always want to continue to point them to our Lord. Um, so yeah, I think I, I hope that answers your question. Larry. Absolutely. No, that, that's, a, that's a beautiful answer. Um, the second question we would always ask is to really identify your strengths. What are you, what are you good at? Um, and then really thinking about it in terms of your own gifts. And then what do others have confidence uh, in you about? Like, what do, they, what do they view as your strengths? And uh, to kind of reflect and 
and prey on that. And so identifying your own personal gifts um, as an individual, again, as a professional uh, and, uh, and good to know just as a, as a human being to identify those strengths. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think spiritual direction really does that. How often do we come in and, and uh, you know, we have thoughts of ourselves, uh, images of ourselves, thoughts of God, images of God um, <clears throat> that are not spot on, uh, that need to take some time to be, to be worked out. And as we begin to, to work through those things, one of the scriptures I love to give an individual is from Isaiah 43, um, <clears throat> where God basically says, I, you know, I, I know you, I've called you by name and you are mine. Um, later on in that scripture, it says, I'm making a way in the wilderness and a river in the desert. Um, what a beautiful thing. The Lord just comes in and says, hey, this is who you are to me. I know you. I've called you by name. And do we take that calling by God as a calling on our life, that he has something particular that only I can do for him? Um, I never in a million years would have imagined I would be at this position at Franciscan University teaching people how to be spiritual directors. It's extremely humbling and beautiful. And many times the only reason I, I can honestly say the only reason I'm doing it is, is out of obedience because I'm like, who the heck am I? But I do believe the Lord has given me a certain gift and I would be um, insulting our Lord if I did not use the gift that he has given me to be able to bring other people closer to Christ. So yes, I think spiritual direction is, is a great opportunity, a great place to see ourselves as the Lord sees us, to take our eyes actually off of ourselves, to put them on the Lord, and to let the Lord reveal to us who we are to him and how he wants to use us in the most powerful of ways. Yeah, that's it's beautiful. And I can uh, hear the uh, Ignatian formation and because you're actually, you kind of jump to the third question. So we talk about joy, what brings you joy? Um, where can, and then what are you good at? What do your skills meet? And then what does the world need you to be? What does, what does God want you to be? Um, our joys and talents are gifts from God and, and they're meant to be shared. And so where can you match uh, your joy and talent to really impact the world in an effective way. Um, and it sounds like you found that uh, at, at Franciscan, but for principals or for leaders or for teachers, it's really trying to match that. And, and just to, for a little bit more context, it's also maybe a teacher who's discerning whether to move into a principal role or not and, and kind of analyzing all of those questions and, and thinking about all of those questions uh, as far as what the world needs you to be. Yeah, and I, I think it's a, I, I think there's something to be said for self-awareness, and you know why am I like to be honest with ourselves? Why am I moving in this direction? You know, if I were to go ask three friends of mine right now, if I'm contemplating moving from a teaching position into administration, um, if I went and asked my three best friends that knew me really well for their honest opinion, should I move into this place? Would they agree? And I think that that helps to build that, that sense of awareness and also just um, going before the Lord with exactly who we are, our motivations. You know, could I see a teacher wanting to move from uh, a teaching position into administration because there's, an, there's a pay raise? I almost said a nice pay raise, but I don't really think it's quite appropriate. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's just my personal opinion. So could that, ha could that be? Of course. 
And could that be okay to discern? Absolutely. But it's the motivation behind that. What is the Lord really calling me to do here? How can I best serve him? And again, here's Ignatius, right? Our greatest calling in life is to know, love, and serve the Lord. Know, love, and serve. And then we get to also that place of uh, what Ignatius would call as detachment. Um, how can I be detached from the things of this world so that I can be more disposed to what Christ is calling me to <clears throat> without putting my own motivations even in, in, in front of all that? And that does take um, a good amount of uh, prayer, daily prayer self-awareness, and also having good companions in your life, whether that's a spiritual director or, or, or whatnot. Uh, but to be able to discern those things and, and to honestly look at my gifts and talents and say, Lord, I lay them at your feet. You, you can use them however you want to use them. Even if you want to take these gifts of strengths or talents away of mine, they're yours, and you can do with them what you will. Um, we saw that beautifully lived in, in Mother Teresa, right? She just uh, had this wonderful sense of, of gifts and talents, but only at the expense of what the Lord wanted to do with her, never for their own sake. How knowledgeable should a spiritual director be of uh, his or her directee when they start? Is it better to have um, a relationship formed through the process, or is it is it better, and again, maybe better is the wrong word, or to, to have a relationship prior to kind of entering into a formal uh, spiritual direction relationship? That's a great question, Kevin. Um, what I would say to that is um, just to refer to like one of the teachings that we do, which is, you know, you should never be spiritually directing your 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 spouse, your children, your friends. Um, <clears throat> so on a certain level, um, we have a boundary there um, because there's a friendship there. And spiritual direction can, can uh, or should provide a very safe place <coughs> for an individual to share their heart. And um, sometimes, although we have, you know, friends or whatnot, sometimes it's hard to share some of those deeper movements and whatnot. So I don't think it's necessary that there's a familiarity there. But I do say this. With ever, if you're seeking spiritual direction, you need to go in and you need to interview that spiritual director. Put them on the hot seat, you know, um, ask them uh, questions that are important to you, questions that are weighing on your heart um, and see, test, if uh, discern if it's a good fit. Um, so I don't think it's necessary that there's a familial um, uh, relationship there um, because that can also just cross some boundaries. Um, but I do think it's good that um, if an individual comes <coughs> to you for direction, that that individual feels free to be able to then open their life up to you and know that you will hold it with the utmost um, trust and confidentiality and as it is as it is sacred. Uh, a lot of times I'll tell my directees that I'm the privileged one in the relationship because it's like their um, salvation history being laid out in front of me and who am I to be able to see something so beautiful as God working in their lives. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, so the other thing I know from a discernment perspective or things we thought about uh, are the obstacles to discernment um, or potential obstacles, maybe. And things like, um, you know, we have these 
uh, inferiority complexes in our minds, um, the imposter syndrome kind of thing, or a superiority complex. Or um, you talked about money, maybe materialistic greed motivating us, or perfectionism, um, self-pity, all of these different types of things. Um, as far as making a decision about moving forward professionally or not. Um, and these are all things, as I, as I list them out, are um, things about our, our spiritual life as well, right? Things that we have to constantly wrestle with. So I'm just curious, from a spiritual direction perspective, what are, what are the, what's the advice to kind of deal with some of those potential obstacles that are blocking us either from a more uh, enriched prayer life or, or a, a career, uh, some career um, shift perhaps? Yeah. Um, again, I, I, I would go with the adage, I believe it was Aristotle who said, the unexamined life is not <coughs> worth living, um, that we need to examine our lives. We, <coughs> we need to examine our motivations. Uh, three things, we need to be open, honest, and, and humble. Uh, so, you know, can I be honest with myself, even during this time of pandemic, um, have I <coughs> quarantined well? Um, but yet have I let my prayer life slip because I'm more attracted to something say as Netflix or whatnot. And to be, to be really honest with that <clears throat> is my motivation money. Um, and like, to be really honest, um, honest with self and, and honest with, with, uh, with another individual where you, we should all have at least one person in our lives where we can share every bit of our heart with. At least one individual, because that is where freedom truly is, um, where we can share these obstacles, um, where we can really uh, step into that place and say, yeah, I'm not praying the way I should be. Um, and again, God smiles just on that desire. And I think that's so beautiful, too. And in and, and a way, a spiritual director can really help and, and reaffirm an individual that says, the Lord's smiling just on your desire, okay? Now let's help you to put that desire into practice and into action from there. Uh, so to be mindful uh, and then uh, to, to begin to step against those obstacles. Um, and that's a lot of hard work just right there, but it's good work. And I'd just love you to speak a little bit more about the importance of having another person as part of this process. Because I could hear people... Um, you know, hearing about discernment, hearing about spiritual direction and saying, well, I'm going to really focus on my own prayer life and my reflection and my maybe journaling and writing. And, and I, I can do this on my own, uh, if you will. And, and just a little bit more on, on the importance of having another human being that you're speaking to about some of these issues, the open, honest, and, and humble conversations. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I just think it's so important. Um, I know in my own life, I have never been challenged to grow more than when I am accompanied by an individual. Um, my spiritual director is, is wonderful. I don't believe I would be where I'm at without him. And <clears throat> I read uh, I read an amazing book called iGen. Uh, it's a sociological work, and uh, it just talked about the modern day culture that we live in, and um, it just talked about the rise of social media and how we are more connected at our fingertips, but yet actually 
that we are more disconnected on a personal level than ever. Um, the author um, talked about how right now the homicide rate is dropping, but the suicide rate is increasing. And um, she wasn't trying to be smart when she said this, but she said it's because of the fact that people are no longer in proximity to one another. Um, and you have to be in proximity to, to harm, injure, kill somebody. <clears throat> and I've really taken that to heart. Um, and again, look, we have all this information at our fingertips, right? We have the internet, we have all that. But do we have a way to discern that information? Do we have to a, a way to move from in information to interpretation? And <clears throat> no man is an island. Um, our church is not just made up of um, just an individual. It's the body of Christ, all of us together. And what would our world look like actually now with you know the political divide that we have, with the um, the racial divide that we have, with all that? What would it look like if we actually journeyed with one another if we actually cared about one another or we talked about the ways that um, bothered us about one another in a way that is still open honest and and humble so i think companionship um, is at the heart of it all and if you look at the scriptures you'll see that christ was always with people um, yes he went off and he had his prayer time but it was always so he could go back and be with the flock so that he could go back and be right in the midst of them. And I think that that's a, um, <clears throat> good for us, too. Um, I'll close uh, with this. Um, you know, St. John, St. John the Beloved, he rested his head on the chest of Christ because he felt known and loved and seen. And I truly believe at that moment in the Last Supper <clears throat> that John heard uh, the Lord's heartbeat, and that was what carried him to the foot of the cross. That was what helped him to be a companion to Christ on that journey. Um, and do we have that ability ourselves to listen to the heart of Christ? Um, and I think that's why it's good to have other people in our lives that can help us to listen to the heartbeat of Christ so that we can go wherever the Lord would call us. That's it's uh, beautiful. Um, I just want to ask one more question. Um, and you, you allude to iGen. I know that book. Uh, I'm curious. So Spirit Direction has been out, around for, for obviously for since the church started. Um, but, but I'm wondering about today um, and even your program um, that's been constructed. Are you really sensitive to the fact that people are engaging more in social media or maybe not um, in, in person with one another? Um, and how does that shape your approach or does it not at all? And the core, core principles around spiritual direction don't change necessarily, uh, fundamentally because the tools that society's engaging with have changed. Um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, <clears throat> we do take that into consideration. <clears throat> we actually have, um, a couple of classes that talk about that. We have classes, um, that also speak on a psychological level. Um, so that we can be aware of people with neuroses and compulsions and addictions. Um, a lot of times we see people coming into spiritual direction because of the fact that they, they want to get rid of an addiction to pornography out of their lives, <coughs> especially men. And um, so we can't, is, is there a foundation 
to spiritual direction, what it is and isn't, absolutely. <clears throat> but as we were talking earlier there, with those gifts and those talents that our Lord has given us, the Lord meets us where we need to be met. So he is pouring out his grace on this day and this age to be met and to be seen, known, and loved. And we do need to keep up with the times. Um, at the heart of spiritual direction, what is it? It's Jesus Christ through and through. <clears throat> but we have so many things weighing on an individual in their lives now that we need to take into consideration modern uh, uh, socialization and to be aware of that. So we do train, uh, we have quite a few classes that help to train our directors to be mindful of that, to be mindful of um, the differences in ages and the differences in the, the three levels of the spiritual life um, that have been part of our church for, for centuries now. Um, so yeah, that's great. I, uh, Bob, I appreciate, uh, appreciate that insight so much. Um, this has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Um, Bob Siemens, the director of the school of spiritual direction at Franciscan university in Steubenville. Um, and just a, a, a wonderful conversation, um, during this Advent season and in our approach to Christmas. And so thank you so much for your time. You're absolutely wonderful. Kevin, if I could just end with this, um, we are taking applications for our summer intensive this summer, June 13th uh, to June 27th, 2021. For anybody who may feel after listening to this that they might be moved to share those gifts or talents as a spiritual director um, in that way. So thank you very much for having me today. I really appreciate it. Of course, absolutely. Uh, thank you. Um, that's NCEA podcast for this week. I'm Kevin Baxter, the Chief Innovation Officer at NCEA. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. God bless. 